hey, let me talk to you about superior quality headphones. And the headphones I'm talking about is, you guessed it, Studio. Go to studio.com to where you can get 15% off your order if you use promo code 3RSHOW. Uh, already affordable price, and you get a discount if you use that promo code 3RSHOW. Also, at the end of the episode, just hang around. I'll tell you how you can win you a free pair of studio headphones. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show. You are now listening to Random Ramblings with Rob. Yay! Yay! <laughs> yeah! What up, everybody? This is your boy, B-Rob, and I'm back with another edition of the Random Rounds with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcasts. If you're a new listener, I appreciate you so much for giving my show a try. And if anybody referred you to me, give them a crisp high five or a virtual high five if they did it over the interwebs and everything or however that shit worked. Um, this week, I have a guest. And um, those of you who are veterans to the show and uh, those of you who may be a little bit newer, um, you know that this show particularly isn't a wrestling podcast, but the host enjoys professional wrestling. I've been watching professional wrestling since I was itty bitty and um, it's just been a big part of my life. And I've been um, able to interact with it, you know, ever since probably about three years back when I met this man named Todd Humphrey down in Central States Championship Wrestling. I asked him, could I put a ring together for him? He said I could and I've been tagging along with them for about a year and a half and they brought me in the ring. They showed me the ropes. They kicked my ass. Never led to a match, but I got the experience and I enjoyed that so much in my life. And with this show, we've had so many people from amateur backgrounds like my training partner uh piper brooks who just won her first uh championship she's a tag team champion now um i've had guests here such as uh jj blake and Kiefer bartek down at the reality of wrestling here in houston texas at booker t school um i've had damon buchanan uh, one of the guys that had a hand in training me i had aj fair another guy from Central states championship wrestling I've had Kiara Hogan here, who's a knockout here now on Impact. I've had Marty the Marth, the Moth Martinez here from uh, Lucha Underground fame. Now here tonight, and I'm sorry if I missed anybody. That's everything that's just coming to my mind as I just speak this shit. Brian Cage, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm doing all right, my man. I'm doing all right. Thanks for the intro there. Yeah, you had a a plethora of people there. One of uh, one of my faves too, and uh, and Kira Hogan. I, I like her a lot. Oh man, I, I just wanted to ask you about. You know, I know you're doing your thing in Impact now, and um, I think currently you are the X Division champion, correct? That is right. Um, just I've talked to Kiara here. She seems like a wonderful person. I met her um just most recently in person at the, um the Russell Con down in New Orleans. Um, what are your thoughts and opinions on her and um, what is her potential future here in the wrestling business? Uh, I think she's great, man. I, I really like her. Um, the funny enough, I didn't know, I guess she was signed for a while with Impact but before uh, we actually got much use out of her. And I think the week that I debuted and like went through my first week of tapings was actually her first week as well of uh, of actually being used from Impact. But but no, like that that first day that her and a former knockout, Chelsea Green, um, had the had the best match of the of the first day of tapings, at least the first set of tapings. Um and I was really impressed and uh yeah no she's just stood out to me uh, ever since. I'm also a big big fan of the multicolor hair gimmick. 
which yeah. she rocks as well. But uh, no, I, th- I think she's great, and I think she's got a bright future. She's young; only just started, so there's uh, a lot, to, a lot left to, for the for the future and down the road for her. Sweet. Have you been giving her any tips and tricks since you are the veteran in the biz? B- between the two of you, um, you know, I can uh, I can tell her to uh, to be a little bit more like me, but you know, we gotta keep it a little realistic here. You know, she can only <laughs> go so far. Now, I'm, I, I, I know I, I, I've critiqued a couple of her stuff, but she hasn't uh, she hasn't had like many flaws with anything. But you know, when I see her matches, I'll uh, I'll run back some things for her and just you know tell her, hey, she's done this or done that or whatever. So, but again. She's uh she's pretty new into the business and she's doing all right so far and I excited nothing but uh nothing but going up for her. Sweet. And you know what is funny because um like I was mentioning earlier, Booker T got his um organization down here in Texas and it never freaking fails. I've never seen her perform live and in person. And she comes down here quite often. And you know, every couple of months you come do a um, show down there at um Booker T's little thing there and it never freaking fails. Every time she come down here, I see the marquee because I think most recently she was down here and she had a match, a cage match with Eva Lise. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to that show. But something always come up. I think my grandmother died. Oh, that's shit. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she did. I did. She matched with Eva Lise too were the ones that set up that cage match because Eva Lise is actually one of her favorites. She was all stoked on that match. I watched it for her too and gave her my feedback. And then uh, I didn't get, get to watch the cage match, but I was stoked that she went over. So, yeah, I mean, it's just amazing how all this stuff comes together and everything. Um, speaking of Lucha Underground and everything, um, I came to know Brian Cage because of Lucha Underground. Um, I'm going to be upfront and honest with you. I've been like a WCW, WWE guy, you know, the whole stint of me watching professional wrestling. And only within the past maybe three and a half, four years have I ventured out and started to watch, you know, like New Japan and, and other independent promotions and everything. But I first came across you on Lucha Underground. The most lasting memory that I have of you is when you ripped the championship belt in half. That's uh, that, that's a common one that people bring up usually because that was such a cool, unique uh, uh, deal as well. I mean, I got that, you know, a couple of matches with Puma. My first match at Ultima Lucha with, with, with the Mac everyone puts over in the center block. But, uh, yeah, no, the title, that wasn't even supposed to happen. Um, we got the title that weekend, and uh, the head writer of the show, Krista Joseph, hated it. He thought it was awful. <laughs> it was small. It looked like crap. He couldn't stand it. And he goes, Brian, I want you to rip it in half. I laughed. He goes, no, I'm serious. I was like, really? He goes, yeah. After you jump Puma and whoop his ass, he's like, we want you to freaking rip the title in half. And I was like, oh, sweet. So I did that, and that, that actually helped lead me to uh, – getting booked on that special appearance of uh, the series from Dusk Dawn as well because one of the actors yeah. was at that show and he, he popped hard for the uh, for the title ripping as well and he put, uh, put it over to um, uh, Robert Rodriguez and so he called me up and put me on the show so that, that worked out well for me <laughs> see man, just the little things make the most biggest impact um, speaking of title belts or whatever just kind of like a random question or whatever um, you've been around the biz for a while and I, I can only imagine that you've been a professional wrestling fan for maybe as long as I am. There's from what I get from the interwebs, there's only a two year age difference between the two of us. So in the vein of championship belts, what is maybe your top three favorite championship belts of out of, you know, the past well, and the present? Ooh, um, well, I mean, uh, I guess we usually have to put them in order. I mean, the first two, just because going up on it, you got to like the the original WWF World Title. Mm-hmm. Um, the I, I call it the Bret Hart Title. Some people call it the Hulk Hogan yeah. Title. Um, but yeah, that, that original Golden Wing or uh, Wing Eagle Golden Title was was awesome. Um, and then the the one that they switched it to with the blue leather, the Stone Cold one, after uh, he became the champion WrestleMania 14. I really like that one too. Um, then outside of that. Uh, I know three. You know, the, three is a low number, so I will give you five. <laughs> yeah, the, the the original IC is obviously a classic as well. I love that. And, and when Cody brought back and made the white leather, just yeah. like a warrior had like the purple and the white leather, that that was awesome. Um, um man, I don't know. There, there's so many cool titles out too with the uh, with the independence, but obviously 
I'm trying to think of some stuff like more prestige as well. I mean, dude, the IWGP title is awesome. And yes. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It's ginormous. That's that's pretty dope. And then, I mean, heck, I, I'll, I'll mark out for myself. And I think that new Activision title is is beautiful, and it's the best rendition of the X title since uh, since since it was first made up. So yeah, I've seen um, the current crop of uh, titles that they had um, minute for Impact or whatever, and they all look good. I like them all. Yeah, the the, the knockout style too looks real cool. It's like it's different shapes. It's got how the plates are and stuff. It's, it's a little more unique, so that's kind of cool that it separated itself from the rest. Have you seen the woman's UK title for the NXT brand? No, I have not. Wow. That thing is very nice. Have you seen the UK title, the one that Pete Dunn has? It looks yep. just Yeah, yeah, it's it's sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it looks just like that, but it's the 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 strapping is white. And then instead of the WWE logo in the middle, it has an NXT logo. So I mean beautiful. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Beautiful belt. But um yeah, man, I'm just going through the interwebs and everything, and I was just looking up some stuff on you before I had you on. And from first seeing you there on Lucha Underground, like I was telling you, I was like, damn, this is a big dude. He got all the muscles. He got muscles on top of muscles, and then he has some muscles in the back for reserve. So <laughs> I was just like, you know, let me scroll through the internet, because everybody that usually, you know, starts out in professional wrestling don't be that damn jacked. So I did get some time travel, and uh, you was a little bitty fella for a little while. And then, um, what, 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 yeah, when I first started, well, when I graduated high school, I was only 155 pounds, so that was really itty bitty. And then, uh, I started, uh, going to my weight room after I graduated high school. My, my old PE teacher from like sophomore year knew how much I wanted to be a wrestler. So he had summer school that year and he let me uh, get in the weight room. So I jogged to my high school every year and I just started training my ass off and just started gradually, uh, doing the damn thing and learning on my own. And I, uh, I probably originally started wrestling. Like when I first started my matches, it was probably like two or five or so, which then too, I remember, cause speaking then as well, but it, you said you only got into stuff outside of WWE and WWE like a few years ago. Yeah. That's pretty much like been the big boom. I mean, so when I first started indie wrestling, there was no, there was no top spot. There was no cool indies. You know, everyone was getting paid 20 bucks if you're lucky and nobody was showing up and everybody looked like, you know, everybody was tiny. So everybody thought it was huge at that size because everybody else was smaller. Um, and then, yeah, man, it was just a constant growth and development. I mean, that was like 2004, 2005, yeah. around there. And so, I mean, it's just been a, uh, a long stretch building up there, you know, building up, cutting down, building up, cutting down. People realize it takes, uh, it takes a lot. They'll pull up a picture from like 2008, but like, oh man, look at Brian Cage, look how tiny he was. Like, yeah, you realize that was a decade ago, like, <laughs> yeah. ten years ago, and it took me it took me six years to get there. So for for 155, and a lot of people like to. I was just putting people on blast on Twitter. A lot of people like to pull pictures from like late, like right then 2010 through most 2011. I'll put this out there for like the millionth time. If you look at my picture 2007, 2008, 2009, much better shape, much bigger, or even PWG, like they do at seven. I was. I was Really good shape, really lean, really ripped. I was probably 215, 220. And then uh, I got a shoulder injury, and I wasn't able to train. And I got really bad. I separated my shoulder, and I got really bad. Uh, it's called weight lift the shoulder. It's like a severe form of arthritis in your shoulder. It's in the, your AC joint. Yeah. And, like, everything just hurt. And I just couldn't train anything. And then I just – it was a bad time in my life, too. I was really depressed, broke. It's right after I got released from WWE. Um, just, just a lot of bad stuff. And so, like, I got so flat. And so, I mean, I saw over 200 pounds, but drastic change from, from where I would have been. And then once I finally started training again and got, you know, reignited, I got in the best shape of my life, did my first bodybuilding show, and I kept on moving back up. And muscle has memory, so they would get back in shape pretty quick. But everybody likes to pull up those pictures of, like, mid-2011, where I looked my absolute worst of my entire life, and then pull up a picture of, like, yesterday, and act like it was an overnight transformation. I'm like, no, it took a lot of time, long time to do that. And plus... You don't see all the results and the, the time I put in before that 2011. You know, I, there were still eight years of work before that. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have some what of experience in that or whatever. Um, it was pretty. <laughs> I called it a uh, prison training or whatever because um, I was in the military and uh, we deployed to um, Iraq. I think this time. So for like six, seven months. I mean, we were there. That's all we had to do, and they had like this uh, gym set up. So since I didn't have shit else to do, I would go to the gym like every other day and I would just eat massive amounts of food and just pick up heavy things and put them down and pick up heavy things and put them down. And um, I think 
That was the most I ever weighed in my life. I weighed like 210 pounds. And like my norm at that time was like 180 something pounds or whatever. I'm like, I'm the same height as you. I'm like six foot tall. So that's kind of thin for me. But like when I got to that 210 point, I had all kind of muscles and shit. And there's most muscles I ever seen in my life on me. (laughs) And then I came home. My wife was like, oh, this is the most muscles I ever seen in my life on you. (laughs) I was just, and then, you know, it was just like, it was a prison mentality. I got out of prison and, you know, off of that deployment, I came home. I got back into these comforts and everything. And it's as long as it took me to build that shit up, I lost it even quicker. Oh, of course, of course. I mean, you can build it back a little faster once you do it, but yeah, it, go, it goes a lot faster than it comes. And, uh, you know, people are always amazed like, man, how do you, you know, how do you manage your gills and able to work out when you're on the road and you're on the go? And it is a little bit taxing. I get a bit of anxiety like setting it all up and I have to plan it all ahead. But I'm usually more disciplined on the road and and more uh, diligent in the gym and everything else than when I'm home because when I'm on the road, it's almost like I'm clocked in. You know what I mean? Clocked in, I'm clocked for work. So I'm, not, I'm here to freaking train, to freaking eat, to wrestle, to meet fans. Like, that's my mentality. Then when I get home, I'm also turning my butt off. But like when I get home, that's kind of at least when the diet has tripped up a little bit because – now I'm relaxed. Now I'm on vacation mode. Now it's my weekend, you know? Yeah. So that, 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 that Tuesday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is kind of like my, my okay, let me, let me get back and relax. Well, that should be the easiest time to be, uh, you know, set up because you're at home. But, like, no, that's where I like to, like, re- you know, relax. And then once uh, once I take off and I'm on the road, like, I'm usually gun-ho about it. But, I mean, even my stop wrestling tomorrow, it's, it's such a lifestyle. I've done it for such a, such a long time. I don't, I don't see my stopping. I mean... Maybe I would care a little less because I'm not naked, you know, every week in front of everyone. But, uh, but I, I mean, it, it's, it's such a love, lifestyle that I love. I, I don't see myself ever stop training and whatnot at this point. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, too, is just like making it a habit, you know, because, I mean, you can just do it for uh, maybe even like a month or even less and be like, oh, I'm over this shit. But once you get past that hump and everything to where it's, you know, like brushing your teeth in the morning is a is a part of your routine. Yeah, it, it yep. comes easier, but I just haven't got to that point yet. I just want to get up, go to work. And people realize, just like with any other, uh, it, I use this example. So people always act like you want it. Like you know, every once in a while, they want it overnight. I say, hey, look, if you want to learn, you know, a martial art, an instrument, a foreign language, whatever it is, it takes time, man. Just mm-hmm. like with this, just with sculpting your body, building your muscles, whatever you're, you're trying to do, it takes time. And just like anything else. Once you reach that goal or when you're satisfied, obviously if you stop, well then it's going to gradually go away. You're going to gradually, you know, get a little rusty at it because you can you can reach your goal, you can gain some muscle, you can lose weight. But obviously if you stop, you know, doing what got you there, you, it, it's easier to maintain than to get to where you want to go. Yeah. But obviously if you just you know stop the cold turkey or just start you know you know going to the gym once a month and eating what you want, well of course it's gonna you're gonna lose it just because it's, it's it's consistency is the key, man. So yeah, now. Remember when you were saying um, about you started getting into weight training and everything because you want to be a professional wrestler. Now, softball question. I know you got this probably a million times for many interviews. What was the moment that you knew that you wanted to be a professional wrestler? What hooked you? What got you? You know, you know going? there wasn't um, there wasn't like one specific moment. I just love wrestling so much. I saw I was, I was 10 years old. That's why I decided this is what I wanted to do. I told my mom, like, I want to be a wrestler. And she laughed and thought I grew out of it. You know, I'm 10. Of course, I have, like, a, a fantasy and childhood dream. But, like, that that was it. And I, and I can relate to Shawn Michaels, you know, having that boyhood dream at, at 12 years old. I just happened to be two years younger. Uh, and that was that was, that was was it, man. That's what sold me. And that's all I wanted to do. Sweet. What, what, you, what was your, uh, the gateway drug for you? What was your federation of choice? Oh, WWF. Hands up. I mean, I watched WCW like this is just as fully, but WWF smashed it. It was always, it was always number one for me. Sweet. Now, um, heard you briefly say that you were in WWE for a little bit. I know, um, I think it was around when it was doing the FCW thing, correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So, what was that experience like for you? I mean, just saying that you were, you know, a WWF, WWE kid, and everything, and getting the opportunity to um, be under that umbrella how, how did that feel for you 
Oh, it was awesome, man. I, I loved it. And I, and I guaranteed everyone I would get there, and I, and I got there by the time I told everyone I would get there. So it was a huge mission accomplished. Um, I, I loved it. I have nothing bad to say about my experience there. I thought it was great. Um, it, it was a little bit of an eye-opener, though, that uh, it could be a little bit of a dream killer. Like, you just you see some ins and outs that uh, you didn't expect. And, you know, I got, I got released uh, kind of on, on, on a bad deal, like, a, you know, wrongfully released, if you will. And, uh, and I, I actually, they, they, they offered a contract back to me like six months later and then they rescinded the contract. And then, uh, then actually I, I met with John Laurinaitis, who was the talent VP still at the time, a few months after that when they were in town. And then the, uh, made me a proposal that he's assigned me again after WrestleMania. Then they changed their mind again. So it was a lot of back and forth. So my, my experience with them wasn't bad at all. It sucked how it ended. And then kind of that, you know, temporary relief followed by severe disappointment kind of, that soured my taste to them, but it, it just it, it just made me realize, you know what? Maybe there's other opportunities out there. Because I was so cut and hung, I had to be there and only there. And as soon as I let go of that of that you know ambition to be back, my life professionally and personally really improved. And I'm not spiteful and cheating on them and be like, oh, I have to be, I never go back. Um, however, if I never go back. I'm okay with that because I, I was there. I'm doing really well right now. You know, wrestling's booming. There's, there's a lot of great stuff. So I'm not, you know, dying in desperation to go back. But, you know, if the offer's right and the stars aligned and things work out, then, uh, you know, I could totally go back. But again, like I said, if, if I don't, I, I can keep doing my thing that I'm doing and, and rocking and rolling. Yeah. And that's, is, I like what you said about, you, you know, your experience and everything and, um, you know, things happen for a reason. But, you know, that's a common thing that I hear on um, a lot of professional wrestling podcasts or anything or any podcast where they're interviewing a professional wrestler that has been through that uh, system and uh, come out of it um, either early or, you know, later on and they go on to do, you know, greater and better things, you know, on the independent scene. And it's just weird that, like, you know, that's almost kind of, you know, a lot of people's first goal, you know, it's not because when you to me i think as a child you know we associate wrestling as wwe instead of you of know course. everything else so i mean but to come out on the other side of that and having all the success you had with um different promotions and everything um how did it, that set you up you know going forward from there cuz i mean you well, you know, it, it really, it, you really, there it was really a lot of hustle and grind because, you know, I was kind of in the, in the middle of, of the boom of, you know, indies popping up and other companies popping up and, and whatnot. And, uh, it did make me feel, feel, uh, a little more self-satisfied because, um, it's kind of cliche or whatever, but, you know, it just makes you feel more self-made. Like, you know, like, like you did it on your own and you can push through and, and, you know, without the big, corporate conglomerate, you know, getting behind you or making you a star. It's kind of like you made yourself a star and you, and you, it, you feel more accomplished and you feel more proud of your accomplishments because of, of the struggle and, and a little bit of hard times and like the setback and the failure of getting released and whatnot. Instead of quitting and giving up or, you know, crying and running home, it's like, nah, F that, man. And you freaking put your nose to the ground and just grind and it worked out. Yes, indeed. Um, how was the experience on um, first signing on with Lucha Underground? Say that again. I said, what was the experience like um, being approached for Lucha Underground and um, getting with them for the first time? Um, you know, I was I was a little unsure and uncertain about how it would be because it was a lot of uh, non-related people kind of running it. So I thought it'd be a little bit of a cluster. I thought it kind of fall on its face a little bit, and uh, maybe would would you know it would end before you started. But I couldn't have been more surprised and more wrong. And uh, it, it really is the first place that I've ever thought, or it's the first place that ever made me feel how I thought at 10 years old it would feel to be a pro wrestler. That's, a, that's amazing, man. I, I, shit, I, I, didn't, I didn't think I would get an answer like that. That's, that's fucking awesome. And, you know, and just me from being a fan or whatever and watching Lucha Underground, I, I knew seeing previews for it when it was announcing it initially or whatever that it was going to be something totally different something you know out of the norm of what i was used to you know seeing from professional wrestling and i was fine with that because i mean i love movies 
And that's how I, when I seen the previews for this, that's how I looked at this. I looked at this as a TV show or a movie more than, you know, professional wrestling. Yeah, and that's exactly what, what I'd say. It's, it's, it's from a, from a TV show about wrestling rather than a wrestling show on TV. And, and then with that too, you know, you have more cinematic backstage and you have more, you know, TV aspects to it, which make it cool because in essence, it, it, it makes stuff more real, even though it's more fake, if that makes sense. You know, like, like there's, <laughs> there's, there's dragons and stuff on the show, but you don't question it because it's not presented as a reality based, you know, sports TV show. It's, it's a TV show. You know, you don't, you don't watch Walking Dead and judge whether the zombie's real or not. Obviously, it's not a real zombie, but you get lost in the, in the show. You just enjoy it for what it is, you know? Hey, just uh, taking a second to remind you about our sponsor, Studio Headphones. If you go to studio.com, you can get 15% off your order using the promo code 3RSHOW15 or 3RSHOW, whatever one you use. But um, remember, stay around at the end of the episode, and I'll tell you how you can win you a free pair of Regent Studio headphones from studio.com yeah now um you think that other um organizations could benefit from um doing something similar to lucha underground well i i totally believe that uh impact has totally been uh biting off a little bit of lucha underground-esque they're mm-hmm. they're kind of creating their own mold you know they still have their their old school kind of tna uh foundation you know it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of similar to WWE, but then they're throwing a little bit of ECW in there. They're throwing a little bit of Impact or uh, Lucha Underground in there, like with some of the, the cinematic backstage stuff or just the, how they shoot certain matches or certain aspects, you know, um, outside of wrestling. So it, it's a little bit of a hybrid of, of WWE and, you know, and TNA all rolled the one, and now it's called Impact Wrestling. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that uh, more and more things will probably take, take part in that. Like, you know, I know WWE tried to do that with the... Uh, whatever pretty white match and then you know and even actually in fact two before when they had the Matt Hardy stuff I, I felt like that was very Lucha underground ass to begin with so yeah. I, I, I think I think it'll I don't think anyone's gonna bite it off completely and make it a TV show but I, I definitely think they'll steal a little bit of aspects from it kind of like how NFL took a couple you know a couple aspects from XFL like with the cameras and with this and that so mm-hmm. um, I definitely think some things will be adapted to wrestling because everything changes and evolves but uh, I don't think it was gonna go full on Lucha underground Lucha yeah. underground yeah, I mean, I, and, and that's great, you know, for the business as a whole from, you know, people pulling certain things from um, each other and, you know, kind of developing the craft and whatnot. I've really enjoyed the turnaround that um, Impact has uh, received over the um, last year or two and whatnot with, the, I guess, the change management and whatnot. And it's because um, for, for years, you know, a lot of people on the internet and, you know, I was one of those people included was like, man, TNA, Impact, whatever the fuck they want to call it, that shit is going to be dead within the next couple <laughs> months. And, you know, it's still there. It's still the little engine that's good. Well, it, you know, it's like, I mean, technically, even, you know, even when it's at its worst and people were hating on it, I would jokingly, jokingly talk about how, you know, it, it's been technically a lot of business for like 10 years and it's still there, man. Yeah. It's alive and kicking. And, and I think right now my team one of the best, uh, the, the best upcomings from it. it. It's, it's producing really good television, really good batches. It's got a really good and positive, uh, locker room right now. And I think just the direction and leadership of Don and, and Scott has been great. And it's, it's, it's great, man. I'm, and, and you know what, what got me was even when it was, you know, at its worst, I never understand why fans would hate a wrestling company so much. Yeah. They wanted to go out of business. Like yeah. I could see if you're unhappy with the product, you want to be better, but like, I never understood what the benefit was of having any company, whether it's ROH, you know, Impact, TNA, WF, WV, Blue Thunder, why do you want to go to business? Because that just creates, you know, less options, less jobs, less, you know, it just, and there's no benefit to it, essentially. So I don't understand why people would, would, would ever want that. Yeah. And you know, I mean, the internet and, you know, sometimes wrestling fans are just kind of weird. <laughs> You know, because like uh, yeah, they are one of the most fickle groups, I would say for sure. Yeah, it, like you never please them, right? They always, they always complain. They always gripe about something. Yeah, it's, this is like I don't know. It's just like from personal experience, I've talked about this um, with many different other people. You know, me producing this podcast every week. You know, with the array of different guests that I get on here, from, you know, from acting to wrestling to uh, music, every everybody. You know, I can tweet all this stuff out. I can talk about this stuff. You know, it'll get his reactions and everything. But 
nothing on the scale as if I hashtag TNA, hashtag Impact, hashtag WWE, hashtag New Japan Pro Wrestling. If I put any of those hashtags or I promote anything remotely professional wrestling, that's when everybody's like, oh shit, this is the best thing ever, or whatever. So I mean, <laughs> wrestling is just like this weird, like, can't even say it's underground unless it's Lucha Underground or a niche because, I mean, it's a, it's a billion dollar business, you know, if you put it all together with WWE. So, I mean, people are weird, just period. Well, it was funny too. It was like WWE, I mean, the, the, you know, the corporate conglomerate, they're not going anywhere. And I mean, they just made a crazy TV deals too. But um, I think it's more popular now than maybe it's ever been as far as, um, as, as, just wrestling in a whole, like WWE, you know, maybe not get as high as ratings and pay per view wise as it used to, but it's more of a household name. Mm-hmm. But in the fact that so much alternative wrestling is so popular right now, you know, with with New yes. Japan, there's really a lot of boots on Impact. I mean, you got All In coming up this weekend, and you know, the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes, and you know, now we're around Madison Square Garden and selling that out instantly. And just so many awesome avenues outside of WWE. It just it's a phenomenal time to be a wrestler. It's a phenomenal time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah. And I, I think that's what I'm looking forward to more than, you know, anything that WWE is doing right now. Cause I know they're going to be, like you said, they're going to be here. They're going to still kind of make their landmark, you know, movements in professional wrestling, but I'm just loving everything that's going on, in, you know, via the independent scenes and everything. Just like when impact started turning around and start doing a co-branded show with Lucha underground and um, everything else. And, I, I thought that was freaking amazing because it's like how movies is now with all these different characters. I never thought I would see Batman versus Superman. I never thought I would see the Avengers on my television screen or whatever. And we get, oh, of course, it's like we're getting that in professional wrestling now. <laughs> oh, sure. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm hoping and I fully feel like it's going to keep expanding and keep being more of the same. I mean, hell, I'm a Jericho Cruise. You know, you got. Impact versus Ring of Modern matches. You got us challenging the World Club. I mean, I think it's going to keep on, keep on evolving, man. It's going to be a great time. I think throughout next year and maybe the year after, there's going to be some some really cool things happening. Now, from the time that you started pursuing a professional wrestling, making it a career and everything, how much has technology evolved from the time you started up until now? Because I mean, hell, we got all in pretty much based off of uh, you know YouTube series and internet hype. You know, you know what I mean? That was oh, man. thought of years ago. To you. When, when I was first into wrestling, I had my stash of MapQuest printed out pieces of paper, you know, on my doorboard so I could uh, so I could find out how to get to every show. You know, now that was for GPS and cell phones, were, you know, barely there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so so expanding from that, you know, the GPS, stuff, that, that's phenomenal. But then, of course, obviously, you have, you have so much social media and so much reach with YouTube and, and, and Twitter and Instagram. Like, everyone could be a star. Real quick, really easily, and then it helps. That's what I think what's really built the independent scene because of that avenue. Because you know, before you you could only watch something if, if you had a you know a DVD or a VHS tape, which nobody's watching, and it just wasn't there wasn't a a thriving interest or desire. You know, maybe there was a couple indies throughout the country that were pretty hot, but like you know, overall, it really wasn't it wasn't much at all. Like again, I said, you got paid you know twenty bucks, you're lucky. Like nobody's making a living off of it. Now there's guys making a pretty good living solely off of indie wrestling without any TV exposure whatsoever and that's completely due to YouTube and social media and, and everything else. Yeah. Now, how how has that aided you as, you know, marketing yourself and making it pretty much a business? Oh, tremendously. I mean, it, it definitely helps uh, increase your awareness and even help out with bookings and whatnot and, and advertising. Um, and on top of that, you know, it, it allows you to, you know, sell more of your merchandise, allows you to uh, get other sponsorships, you know, from, from your reach, from that, you know, that whether it's, whether it's product or, or funds that you're getting. So it's definitely a way to expand your overall horizon tremendously. I mean, I feel like it's like a common question now for like any sort of, you know, job interview or, 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 or casting agency. Like, oh, how many followers you got? You know, like it's, yeah. it's almost like the way we live in now. Uh, yeah, I mean, now, I mean, we, let's flip it to the other end of the spectrum. What has been the hindrance? of, you know, all this advancements in technology and the internet and everything, you know, tour. Uh, I mean, obviously, obviously, uh, time consumption and, you know, kind of, uh, taking yourself out of the real world or, you know, when you're around 
friends and family, obviously that, that would be the biggest hindrance. I mean, it's, it's a job and it definitely helps and improves everything and you can give us out of it. But it does, uh, it does take a lot of time out of your day and, and kind of makes you recluse at times. Yeah. And I totally understand it. I mean, me first starting to do this, uh, probably about what almost two, almost January would be three years. So about a year and a half ago when I was really figuring it out and getting the ins and outs of this stuff, it was just like, this is what I was all about. Whatever. I had my phone in my hand 24 seven. I damn had headphones around my neck. I was just listening to other podcasts, you know, taking notes and trying to craft what I thought, you know, I wanted my show to be. And I got hell from Mrs. B Rob about all that shit. You know, it'd be like, yeah, didn't I tell you to take out the trash? Oh shit. My bad. <laughs> J- just last night, just last night. I mean, it, it wasn't nothing podcast related, but I, I just got caught up in, you know, doing my own thing or whatever. Um, didn't uh, show my boy how to um, do something with the clippers or whatever. I had to show him how to shave his mustache. He getting some goddamn peach fuzz and shit. So she came down in the room. She's like, did you show Keelan how to work the clippers? And I was like, oh, shit. And then she gave me the death stare. I'm pretty sure you've seen it before. And oh uh, yeah, especially with with the little Keenan man, I seen it funny. <laughs> and I, I just threw down whatever I was doing. Didn't even say nothing. I just picked up the clippers and ran upstairs. I'm like, boy, hurry, hurry up, hold this shit so I can show you real quick. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. Good segue too, right now. Actually, you asked how much time we had. I'm getting blown right now by Melissa. I think she's got to go to a, a Krav Maga class. Oh god, that she's uh, signed up for. So I got to go uh, on baby duty right now then. so I totally understand. Hey, man, I appreciate every bit of the time that you gave me this evening. And um, before you go, you've been a guest of the Random Rounds with Rob podcast. And if for whatever reason you want to come back and plug your um, up and coming events or merchandise that you may be coming out with or supplements, whatever the hell it is, because you got muscles on top of muscles, then you got the reserve ones in the back. You remember that, right? Uh, yeah, so, of course. <laughs> you, you, That's a shirt right there. Man, I'm helping you out. All I want is a crisp virtual high five, and you ain't got to pay me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, before you go, um, once again, appreciate you for your time, and let everybody know what you got coming up, all in, and where they can find you on social media. All right, man, my social media stuff: you can get me on Brian Cage on Instagram, Mister GMSI Brian Cage on Twitter. Uh, that's for people who don't know that term, Mister Get My Shit In. Um, and then, yeah, man, biggest. <laughs> Maybe one of the most historic weekends this, this weekend All In. StarCast is going to be phenomenal things. And the following day after All In, there's a huge, huge, great show in uh, Chicago Heights. I mean, the main events, myself, Mysterio, Pentagon, Phoenix, Sammy Guevara, Chuck Cobb, Rich Swan, and Austin Aries. You know, wild card, four-on-four bats, and that turns to a two-on-two, that turns to one-on-one. So quite the epic uh, original concept. But uh, yeah, man, there's... there's it would take up too much time to go through my list, but pretty much every weekend from here on out till almost Christmas is a pretty stacked, awesome event coming up. So, uh, man, just, just, just stay, uh, stay on the lookout. It'd be awesome whether you're a fan of mine or not, or just a fan of wrestling, man. There's plenty of good things coming. All right. Appreciate your time. Once again, I can't say it enough, man. You just, I appreciate you, everything you do and everybody in your profession. Thank you so much, man. Thanks for appreciation. All right. And that was Mr. Get My Shit In. <laughs> I seen the letters um, briefly when I was, um, you know, how I was telling him I was going back through some old pictures and everything. And I seen that on his tights. I never understood what that was or whatever, but he elaborated. He told me what it was. So, I mean, now I know. I am informed. <laughs> Mr. Get My Shit In. I, I need to. I'm a, I'm a, I probably had to steal that whenever me and uh, Mrs. B. Rob have some lonely time. I'm like, Mr. Get My Shit In. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it was great to talk to Mr. Brian Cage. And, um, you know, had a little bit of a time constraint. I, as you heard, had to go take care of family. Family comes first when it comes to anything like this, you know. And, you know, family is an important foundation when it comes to a professions such as professional wrestling because i mean think about it man these guys are all over the place all across the world and everything like that and you know it can be hard sometimes without a good support system and fortunately you have someone in your corner that understands what you're doing and you know give you that much needed support so you know it is what it is i mean i 
I've said many times I've kind of equate professional wrestling to that of a military service member. I'm not saying like um, it's just in certain aspects, you know, because like truth be told, you know, professional wrestlers put their life on the line for you, for your entertainment. You know, I mean, us as military members, we don't put our life on the line for your entertainment, but it is for your safety and preservation of freedom and so on and so forth. And, you know, so I guess you can kind of draw the similarities. I mean, we're on the road 24 seven. They're on the road 24 seven. We're all over the world doing our job. They're all over the world doing that job, you know, and you didn't really have to sign up for this job. I mean, you chose to do it, whether it be military or professional wrestling. See, that that's my similarities that I'm talking about. That's why I give these men and women, whether it be military or professional wrestling, the utmost respect. And it's awesomely awesome that, you know, whenever they can, WWE comes overseas and uh, sees the troops and they do the support the troops every year or tribute to the troops shows. I think that's pretty freaking awesome because, you know, to me, in my mind, like I said, these two are kind of one in the same in certain aspects. But anyway, I mean, because we was limited on time, I didn't get to ask him about Melissa Santos. I didn't know they were a thing. And, you know, that probably would have spawned from Lucha Underground because that's the first place that I've seen them both. But who knows? I didn't get to ask that question. So I'm in the dark. <laughs> but um, I also wanted to get at him and ask him about, you know, how does he feel about Martyr Moth kind of creeping on his old lady and everything. I, I know it's probably just like a funny thing they got going on behind the scenes, but who knows? I mean, I didn't get to ask that question. Maybe another time, maybe another place. As this goes out, as this is recorded, um, we had this before the All In weekend. I'm putting this out on Sunday. So now All In has concluded um, historic piece of wrestling history. I did not partake. I did not watch live. Um, I avoided the internet all day yesterday and um, I didn't receive any spoilers. So I don't know what has gone on other than the event taking place itself. So I'm looking to uh, watching the recap. I heard uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, which I am subscribed to, uh, will be airing the show in a replay. So I don't know if they was talking about directly after the live event that they was going to show it again, in which case I've already missed it. <laughs> but, you know, I could probably pay for the replay or maybe they'll air it again later on so you know i'm gonna watch it it was something that i was looking forward to but hey in the same vein of brian cage he had to go take care of some family things and do family stuff i had to do the same thing yesterday so you know wrestling comes last family comes first podcasting is somewhere in the middle <laughs> nah just kidding i've i've canceled many of interviews and appointments to do podcasts because, you know, old lady was like, hey, I'm going to go do this. Oh, we got to do this. And I was like, OK, no problem calling up and like, hey, man, I got family shit to do. Maybe another time. So anyway, I have run my mouth so much and we need to go ahead and wrap this thing up. But before I go, um, as you heard at the beginning of the episode, um. I got some goodies to give away. Well, I got a goodie to give away from my sponsor, Studio Studio Headphones. I got a pair of Regent over-the-head headphones that I'm trying to give away. Um, and the way that you enter to win is you follow me on the Lemur app. You heard me talk about it so much. It's a great app. It's a social audio community and everything. You go over there, you just put your thoughts out there on audio form and people can respond and weigh in and answer your questions that you may have asked or ask you questions that may they may have for you. It's a tight knit community. It's been in beta for about a year. Now it's finally out in the wild for Android inferior device and uh, iOS. So um, go ahead and check it out. Follow me on lemur at three R show. I'm trying to get 100 followers. Uh, management over there at Lemur has agreed to hook me up with something pretty cool or something that I think is pretty cool anyway. So I need 100 followers to get that thing. So right now, I think I'm sitting there like, let's see. I'm doing it live as I speak to you. I'm going to look it up. I'm at 56. So I got quite a few to go to get to 100. But um, once I do hit 100, 
Everybody that's following me, they have been entered for a chance to win a pair of Studio Regent over-the-ear headphones for free. I'll pick a name at random, and that's who gets them. Um, if you don't respond within 24 hours or so, I'll go to the next person and so on and so forth until we get a winner. And hey, I mean, in the spirit of giving away things, I don't want anybody to feel left out. So every 10 follows, I'm going to give away a digital movie download. So I got a couple in my stash and I'll let you pick from whatever I got left. So right now I'm at 56 follows. So at 60, I give away a free digital download. Then at 70, I give away a free digital download at 80. I'll give away a free digital download at 90. I'll do a free digital download at 100. I'll give away a digital download. And that's when we'll commence the drawing for the Regent over the head headphones from studio.com. And um, if you go to studio.com, you can save 15%. If you're going to buy some, if you use the promo code three R show or three R show 15, I would prefer you use three R show 15. (laughs) <laughs> because that kind of helps me out with the sponsors if we use the newer promo code. But the old one still works. I just keep forgetting about it sometimes. So 3R Show 15. And speaking of sponsors, you know I love me some motherfucking Hooks, Rubs, and Spices. So, so delicious. Go over to Hooks, Rubs, and Spices.etsy.com to where you can get 10% off your order, $6 or more. So, Enjoy yourself. Labor Day is tomorrow. And you know, I know you probably want to get out there if you have the sufficient weather to do so to barbecue some shit up. Hooks, rubs, and spices would be oh so good on your meat, baby. Oh so good. Just sprinkle it on there. Some lemon pepper on some wings, maybe. Get some mad cow on your burgers. Um, get some smoking sweetness on some vegetables. Get some Smoky burn on whatever. I mean, that shit goes great on anything. You put it on some zucchini, some squash, which I have done. Uh, What else? I put it on my microwave meals that I take to work sometimes. (laughs) Uh, Asparagus. Um, What else have I put it on? Put it in my spaghetti, both beef and chicken spaghetti. I made two different kinds and I put some hooks rubs and there's some smoky sweetness. I think that's the most popular one out of the um, the four flavors. I like the Mad Cow. That's the second best to me, in my opinion. But you can't form a proper opinion unless you try it. So go ahead on Etsy.com and look up Hooks, Rubs, and Spices. Use that promo code 3RSHOW and get you some deliciousness on all your foods. So, yeah. So you got the Lima. You got the studio giveaway. You got the Hooks, Rubs, and Spices. And there's only one thing left for me to do. And that's to plug myself not physically like in my orifices or nothing like that because that would be gross in anything but anyway you can follow me on twitter at it's b rob that's i-t-s b-r-o-b if you want to talk professional wrestling in any other general shenanigans that's the place you do it uh also the show has its own twitter you can follow it at three r show and if you're hip and trendy you should also be following at three r show two that's t-o-o you can go to randomrobcast.com. I'm still working on a new site. Uh, Square pace. Square pace. <laughs> I should patent that. Squarespace. Um, I'm working with that uh, format right now, trying to get the website up and running so I can just refresh and be a new. And um, I talk a little bit about that on the Lemur app, about what my intentions are for um, switching over my web hosting service. So if you want to hear that exclusive behind the scenes content, go to Lemur the lemur app download it for your android device inferior device and um your apple phones and whatnot so you can hit that exclusive content only on lemur and um support the show the ways you can do it is on randomrobcast.com um you got some amazon links you can um donate equipment to the show via amazon wish list um you can buy merchandise which you can go to wehavemerch.com um, is where my official merchandise store is. I know if you go to randomrobcast.com and use the merch stores there, it'll be some old links for spread tees and um, represent, which is fine. You can purchase stuff there. If you go to represent, I think I have more of a variety of different designs. If you go to spread tees, 
Um, I have some of my older designs on there that may not be on represent. I'm not 100% sure. And if you go to wehavemerch.com is where I have my new and current shit. Also, they got some fly ass hats. I just ordered my second hat. Um, I got the new 3R logo hat currently. And then I just ordered the random um, Doom font hat um the other day so i got that and the shirt so i'll be rocking that soon walking through the hollowed halls of walmart and if you want to see me walk through the hollowed halls of walmart go to instagram and search for the random rounds with rob podcast and you can see me do such and um i think that's it um be a patron to the show just like brandon mcintyre glenn abbott king ajar uh bob hines and robert cook all five of those gentlemen, I appreciate so much. I'm giving you virtual high fives right now and everything. A uh, round of applause. I'm actually making circles with my hands. You can hear the audio going closer and farther away from the microphone as I do it. <laughs> so um, I appreciate y'all oh so much for being patrons to the show, which you can find on randomrobcast.com through Podbean. And, um, but the most important thing is that you like, subscribe, review, five stars preferably. If not, you know, give me some constructive criticism. You know, those are the best ways you can do. Fuck your money. I mean, not physically. Don't do that. That'd be nasty. You probably get paper cut if it's paper money. And then you probably get like some kind of rash or tetanus if it's coins. I don't know how that even will work. But anyway, money is cool. I would appreciate it if you were willing to give it. But the most important thing that you could do for this podcast and any other podcast that you listen to is the reviews. The five stars, the retweeting, the recommending to a friend, you know, just shit, do an audio review, you know, send in a voicemail. You know, I haven't been plugging that and I I, I keep forgetting about it. I plug it on Twitter, but not on the show. 304-825-5762. 304-TALK-ROB. 304-825-5762. You can call the show. Leave me a voicemail. And I'll play it here on the show. You, it could be about anything, but most importantly, make it random. Anyway, I'm done. I've spouted all my spout, <laughs> skeet, skeet, skeet all over the place. And I'll see you next time.